We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, welcome in to a Monday, what I think is going to be pretty quick hitting edition of, of the OBR Film Breakdown as we are in the summer months here where a lot of NFL podcasters take vacations, but this show will not take vacations. I'm Jake Burns, your host. We are going to go through and answer uh, some questions. We're going to start a preview I'm doing with Andrew Spade, who is my guest host today. We are going to talk through some um, contenders. We're going to look around the NFL when he joins the show three times a week. Hopefully Monday, Wednesday, Friday is the angle here we're penning for. Um, we're going to try to hit on all of the AFC North contenders and then people that are also in the NFC. Like we'll hit an NFC group too. We don't care about them all too much other than the teams the Browns have to play. So the NFC West and the Bears. So we'll hit on them. Before we do that though, Andrew, I have two, maybe perhaps even three as I just thought about it. Very vital questions for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, first, this doesn't count toward the three. How are you, man? How was your father's day? Uh, great, Jake. It was, it was nice. I got to spend some quality time with my dad, watch that, uh, final round of the U S open, um, which was, uh, not, not riveting television, but, uh, nice to spend some time with the old man and, uh, you know, did a little grilling, that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, doing good. How was your father's day? Father's day was good. We also did a little grilling. It's busy. Like, you know, I wanted to, I told my wife, like, I would love to just kick my feet up from six to eleven thirty, or whenever the golf ended. You know, six to to ten thirty, ten forty five, and uh, I lose track of time because West Coast golf is so weird. And just watch this golf tournament, and and then I reminded myself we have two kids. There's shower time. Just there's no end. There's just no end. There's no there's no downtime. So if you're looking for downtime in those moments, uh, as as a dad of two. Uh, under five-year-old kids like you're not going to find it so it was great from the perspective of spending time with the family but it was not as relaxing as one would hope so uh, i'm first world problem complaining about that but but that's uh i don't think i have many relaxing days for a while here but (laughs) i thought well listen first of all what did you grill we we went with some uh some sirloins Uh, although my wife doesn't eat steak we went that direction What, what did you guys throw on the grill 
Uh, a little unconventional, um, but I tried something new. I did a, a sort of a, a pork shoulder steak, um, mm. so a l- little bit different. Uh, but it's a it's a piece of meat that really takes seasoning well, and so uh, went aggressive. Almost did like sort of a barbecue rub seasoning, uh, and then and then actually dressed it up at, with some some barbecue sauce as well. So it was kind of a it was kind of like a poor man's pork chop, I guess I would say. Uh, okay. you know, and then sweet corn, and I've got this sweet potato recipe that I've been. I've been jamming on pretty hard. So, um, you yeah. Shake your mouth. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I heard that song. Yeah. It, no, it was it was really good, um, you know, kind of uh, comfort food style. Um, so, but nice, you know, got the, it's nice to get the the, the Weber kettle fired up and, and um, beautiful night for it. So, uh, how did the, how did the sirloins turn out? They were fine. They were fine. My son just wanted to eat every single bacon wrapped asparagus he could get his hands on so yeah that argument that's at a the good dinner kid. table was fun. that's a good kid yeah he's got he's, he's like number one food in the world is bacon so yeah. we're in trouble with his heart in the next 30 years but um <laughs> nonetheless good father's day otherwise we had a lot of fun uh, nice did a lot of different things so uh the first question i have for you though as we we switch over to football mode is um you know built on this fun topic of we're watching golf all weekend spending time watching it a lot of it it's great father's day sit down watch it with your dad like you were who if you could pick any browns player or or coach who are you golfing with mm. this is a tricky question mm. Mm. because you're not you got to understand a little bit about these guys personalities and your level of play like you don't want to play with someone who takes it maybe too serious unless you take it serious so right you no know i don't I have golfed with you once. I don't think you were fun to play with. You didn't take it overly serious, but you took yeah. it serious. We played, yeah. we, we beat the opponent. Shout yeah, we out won. To, That's what to Mike and his losers that, that were <laughs> defeated. But you know, what I would say is you want to pick somebody that not only the golf elements, but you can maybe search for some nuggets. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I have my pick, which I think would be pretty easy, but I'm curious your answer. Uh, yeah, it's a great question. I really do appreciate it. Uh, because I, it's not a way that I think about the Browns that often. Um, I, I feel like there's sort of two answers. One would be if you're just trying to like learn the most about the team, like as Mm -hmm. a, you know, to get behind the scenes, I actually think then it would be, I don't know if Di Podesta plays, but I feel like he's, he's to the point now where he's probably like in that setting would be pretty relaxed with the info. Um, so, you know, from that perspective, but in terms of just like a round that I think I would enjoy, um, you know, my answer is going to be the same as it has been for a lot of these, like more social type Browns questions, which is, you know, Joel Batonio seems like the dude on the team that I would get along with the best, you know what I mean? Like, um, I just, just, you know, and also has, I'm sure a treasure trove of stories that he would be happy to share that wouldn't be like, you know anything too revelatory, but would be, would be fun and, and would be a good time. So I, again, I don't know if either of those guys play golf, but if I'm just going out to have a good time, I'm, I'm playing. I think that Joel's pretty easily the answer I would have had as well. I think there are some other guys that you could like get some stories that maybe Juan Thornhill's fun because that guy loves to talk and maybe he's got some fun Kansas city stories or something. Uh, you know, maybe Jack Conklin a little bit. So mm-hmm. I feel like offensive linemen would be fun to yeah, play golf with in general. Yeah. On the flip side of that, who's the guy you would would least like? Like, would just be a. T- I feel like a Mari Cooper who wore <laughs> blue sweatpants on the on the beach would probably not be a fun person to golf with. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't like, know. I this is not a personality thing. I think he would be a perfectly nice person to golf with, but like, I think it would be hard to golf with the head coach because I think you'd want to ask him a bunch of stuff, and I think he would shut you down pretty hard. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, I think he not, would. We're not here for that. We're here to play. Like exactly, exactly. Like I think it would be the thing with like a little bit too much intense eye contact, and you're <laughs> you're like on, you know, like two T. And you're like, so Kevin, what, you know, like, how are you feeling about, you know, and he's just like, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take a few practice swings and then hit this point, you know, and you're just like, oh, okay. so we got 17 more holes, huh? Yeah. Yeah. You, you want know. a beer? Buddy? <laughs> how does that sound? Good? I'm just going to have a beer, you <laughs> know, I, I sh- the other guy that I think would be pretty good is, is Schwartz actually from the coach's side. Cause I, it would be, he's got a know, lot of stories. I, I, and I think he, I think he might get after it a little bit too. So um, I think that would be a fun one. Agreed. Good call. Um, Okay, I, I think when you switch over now, we're going to go to another topic that we just haven't answered. I feel like I do this one every year, and it is which uh, – uh, if you could steal a player from every team in the AFC North, which player would you take? I don't think we need to separate offense, defense. You can just take one, and and and, and who would that be and why? I think that's always a fun one because it gives you – an idea of where your team you feel is the weakest and where the other teams in the division have real positions of strength. So we'll go with the Bengals first. Who are you taking from the Bengals? I mean, it's hard not to say Jamar Chase, right? Um, you know, I mean, I also obviously would be really interested in Joe Burrow because just I think it's the, you know, the Ohio kid and all that stuff. But, um, uh, you know, Jamar Chase, I just think – is is kind of in that cheat code level of wide receivers and and would be the surest way to kind of get Deshaun Watson to to where he needs to be. It's I don't know, it's almost hard to think about replacing the quarterback like 2 months before the season starts or wherever we are, you know, like I guess th- 3 months. It's 12 12 weeks from today, right? So Yeah. Um yeah, so I I mean the the answer is Burrow, but I think Jamar Chase is one. And then like if we're if we assume that the Bengals get to protect a few players, you know, if they would protect Chase and, and Burrow and, and, you know, maybe Trey Hendrickson or whatever, the, you know, the other guy that I, I really like is DJ Reader, you know, as a defensive mm. tackle, like a mm-hmm. sort of a game wrecking, you know, him and Tomlinson as, as your starting defensive tackles would be pretty formidable. Um, and then shout out to Mike Hilton. I know that I've talked about him on this podcast before. Um, I wanted the Browns to sign him when he left Pittsburgh and went to Cincinnati uh, because I like, I like an aggressive, angry, you know, physical nickel cornerback that really likes to stick his nose in there and isn't afraid to tackle because we have seen what that looks like in Cleveland. Very much agree. I, li- I like that. I like that angle. Um, the, the the DJ Reader thing is is fun. I think Jamar has to be the answer if you're just kind of you're just kind of looking at where the Browns could use it the most. I mean, yeah. I I've been pretty vocal about it with the guys here that my single favorite non um, Brown's player just to enjoy is Joe Burrow. Uh, just every the way he handles every single thing he says publicly, the way he's just <laughs> it's by the book, man. It's it's pretty wild how by the book that guy is and, and how good he is at everything. Like yeah, in terms without of, without being robotic though, right? It's it doesn't feel like he's being he's not on script or anything, like how Brady sometimes felt like he was reading from a book. Couldn't agree more. Like he's got a way about him and I yeah. and, yeah. Whatever they talk about it factor, uh, mm-hmm. that guy has the the it factor and just it's nothing corny, right? Like right, exactly. and, and this is the way exactly. Mike McDaniel down and I'm not it's kind of a weird name to, to throw out but like 
you listen to Mike McDaniel talk and he's been on some podcasts recently. Mm-hmm. You're like, There's no way that guy leads an NFL organization. Right. And then you hear guys talk about how he's just him, like he's himself and they respect that. And I think that that's, that's just the way Burrow is, but it comes off even the stuff that, like you said, that would come off sounding scripted. It is, uh, it's just got a way of feeling authentic with, with Burrow. So I, I will uh, pretty much forever be perpetually jealous of what they have done. And the in the in finding the right time to to win the first pick because that's yeah. what it yeah. that's what it comes down to is just not only getting the first pick but doing it in the right year. So, um, all right, Baltimore is probably a bit more controversial. I think I know who you're taking. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I mean, I guess it's it's probably Roquan Roquan Smith, right? Um, I mean, I you know like. Although Marlon Humphrey is certainly tempting, um, I, yeah, I don't know that it's super clear cut. I mean, there's you could certainly make an argument for Mark Andrews. Um, so yeah, I mean, I th- I feel like those are the three. Looking at the roster, Justin Matabike would be fun as a three tech next to Dom- Tomlinson. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think probably Roquan, just like a, a true difference making middle linebacker. I mean, I know that Schwartz wants to downplay the linebacker in this in this uh, defense, but um, uh, I, I, a player like that is sort of scheme transcendent, right? I think I would agree with that. I, I think you could also <laughs> talk yourself into taking Justin Tucker. Um, yeah, yeah. Woes. Uh, yeah, I joked about that before we started. And and yeah, I mean, that, that would be fun. Just like to, to have the automatic three every time you get on the other side of the 50. It would be really fun. Right? Mm-hmm. Perpetually jealous of how they... Yeah, I wonder what that would that, feel like. Have that advantage. Uh, <laughs> must be nice. Yeah, I think it's either Humphrey or Roquan... You could, you know, if you love Lamar and you believe he's set to bounce back, I could see people being very into Lamar. Um, I would probably go, mm, I, I would probably go Roquan as well. Maybe yeah. Humphrey. It's hard because the Humphrey, you know, Humphrey is a, he's especially a what they're going to switch to defensively mm-hmm. here with these corners. Is yeah. Hyper physical guy. Can yeah, run with yeah, you. Yeah. Really yeah. good football player. So I could see either of those making yeah. sense. It's so. the thing where it's like, are you trying to build the best team or are you just trying to get the best player? You know what I mean? So I think Humphrey probably fits this team better than than Smith does. I think I agree with that. And a, pre- a more premium position if you're Good point. swiping away from somebody. Uh, Pittsburgh, not as uh, clear-cut as it used to be, but yeah. I've always said Cam Hayward. I think mm-hmm. you could talk mm-hmm. yourself into like pairing Miles with TJ Watt and yeah, that'd be just fun. having fun, right? Mm-hmm. But they have nobody on offense that interests me at this point. Um, but yeah, I think even, I don't know though, cause you're like Cam Hayward's age still yeah. really good, Yep. but you're not going to get that guy very long. Right. So I think he'd be a lot of fun, but maybe you're saying like Minka Fitzpatrick. That guy yeah. That's, really that's where, too. that's where I'm landing just because I think they obviously wanted to improve that sort of deep safety role with Juan Thornhill and Minka Fitzpatrick is. Maybe the best, I mean, I, I'm doing this on the fly, but maybe the best one of those, you know, as far as like a robber, roaming, free safety, ball hawk type guy, is he the best in the league right now? Yeah, he's in that conversation. Yeah, for sure. so so that's that's really tempting to me. Um, obviously, yeah, TJ Watt and Miles Garrett would be would be silly, but, you know, I, I don't know. Watt is so specifically geared towards the, that stand-up edge role. You know, I, I don't know with Schwartz's thing. I guess Schwartz is going to let him get a little wider. Um, And, you know, I mean, honestly, I don't hate Deontay Johnson. I know that the drops are a thing that scare people, but like that, his, his separation ability is, 
I think pretty strong. And, um, you know, I think that that would have a place in this wide receiver room. But I, I mean, I think the defense is where you got to go. Yeah, I feel pretty comfortable about what, what I guess. What does that say? Right. Like, does it say anything that we're taking other than Jamar? We're taking gearing toward a lot of defensive guys. Do we still feel like the Browns aren't good enough defensively? Yeah, I mean, between I, the lines, okay. <laughs> I actually I think that's I mean, I think that is definitely as we get closer to the season, something that I want to keep talking about is like, the, you know, the the presumption really is that Jim Schwartz is going to get more out of some of these guys. Right. I mean, you talk about the the Jordan Elliott thing. We've been over that. You know, the fact that he seems uh, on track to get a starting job again this year somehow, um, you know, and some of the other guys that have frankly underachieved. Uh, you know, or been inconsistent. You talk about like a Grant Delpit, right? Or a, you, you know, you wrote up what uh, Tarver said about J- Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa last week in terms of his his body and that sort of stuff. Like, yeah, I think there are some questions about the Browns' defense that I think we're so excited about the edge room and the change of defensive coordinator that it, we're we're really on board with it. But I, I think it's fair to be asking questions still. I do too. Until they prove it, uh, the questions will remain, and I think that's continuing to be yeah. Something we've hit on kind of a lot, it's, but it's it's still there. It's there until yeah. it's not there. And, and you know what they're missing is really like Fitzpatrick, um, Roquan Smith. These guys are like playmakers, right? And mm-hmm. so I don't think that the Browns have, other than, you know, I think there's some depth questions at defensive tackle and linebacker. It's not that they have holes, but, you know, Denzel Ward has not like evolved into that true lockdown corner like Marlon Humphrey has shown, right? Um, mm-hmm. There's no linebacker that makes plays like Roquan Smith makes, and there's no safety that makes plays like Minka Fitzpatrick. So it's like you, you, you know, what would be cool is if the Browns had this year had another defensive player emerge as a sort of chaos agent in the same way that Miles Garrett is, because it's really just been him. And if he doesn't wreck the game, you can usually get away with, uh, you know, as a, as an opposing team, you can get away with it against the Browns' defense. Yeah, no, another another like, for lack of a better way of phrasing it, like a superstar. Yeah, exactly. Would be, exactly. Yeah, they've got a, a classic bunch of, Madden superstar. Yeah, they've got a bunch of good. Uh-huh. Can they find somebody else that's great? Big question looming. Yeah. Um. All right. Cool. Let's uh, take a break, and then when we come back, we're going to explain a little bit of the series we're going to be doing uh, into perpetuity until the season gets here. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. 
a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, like I said at the beginning of the show, we're going to be sort of looking at um, the the AFC contenders, a very brief NFC contender angle, and then also looking at specifically those teams because we're not going to care a ton about the NFC uh, in general. And I don't think that there are that many good teams on that side. Of th- I mean, I, I think there's just a lot of mystery. Um, so we'll also kind of dig in, I think, very specifically into the NFC West because the Browns play them and then they also get the Bears, too. So we'll talk about the Bears. Uh, we're going to answer five questions for each of these. We're not going to do a traditional peel the depth chart up and go through and talk about all the positions and bring on a guest. I think that stuff gets mundane and boring. And why would you tune into a Browns pod to hear a whole thing about the Chiefs or Dolphins or whatever? So we are going to do five questions. First one's going to be key offseason movement. We're going to go through it quickly. What did they draft that matters? And did they sign or lose anybody that matters, right? That's the first one. Second one is kind of who are they? What's their identity? That's very open-ended. And I think the discussion is around, does their quarterback drive the engine? Is, there, is it a coach-driven team? Is it a defense-led group? I think that's, and we, some of them we might not even know. So we'll just try to identify that. Third is going to be season-defining X factor. What that means, it could be a player, it could be a position, it could be um, a side of the football. It, it could get as broad or as narrow as we want, but something's going to define that team. We're going to try to pinpoint that. The fourth is, are they better or worse than last year? Do we think they're better or worse? I guess they could stay stagnant, but we're going to try to go one way or the other with that. And then the fifth one is just sort of like, what tier do they belong in? Tier one teams are Super Bowl contenders like real super bowl contenders tier two is playoff expectations which is where i think we could consider the browns right now a group that has playoff expectations tier three is playoff hopes maybe you could put the browns in tier three we'll see and then tier four is just kind of fringe right there's a lot of fringe out there we could do a tier five and maybe we'll do more tier five when we look at the nfc west and the bears which tier five is just um hopeful i guess is the phrase to use for them like hoping to figure out something positive in their season. So that is the angle. Andrew, we're going to do two today that are pretty good. Two teams that have uh, flirted around. One of them has flirted around with going to a Super Bowl, has not found their way. And then one that has won, what, two of the last four now Super Bowls in the Chiefs? Yeah, that's right. Um, So 
yeah, let's let's hit those two teams today. All right, so we'll start with the Bills. The Bills have done some different things, right? They've had some key offseason movement. They have, uh, um, you know, seen some guys arrive. They they let, let's kind of go through. I mean, I don't think there's anything crazy they did. They did draft. The first round was a bit of a bit of a surprise. Uh, when they drafted Dalton Kincaid in the first round, another tight end after they had Dawson Knox at tight end who they extended. So that was a bit of a surprise um, looking at their roster. They added, um, they didn't really add much to the wide receiver room. They they still have Diggs. They still have Gabe Davis. They did add Deontay Hardy, which is a speedy threat out of New Orleans. They didn't really add much up front. They did take uh, Osiris Torrance, who's a, a second round. Offensive guard out of Florida, nice player. Other than that, the roster looks pretty much the same. They did lose two of their big running backs. They decided to let go of guys they've had around. Devin Singletary was one of them. And then um, the Utah guy, I cannot remember his name, Andrew. Maybe you know it uh, off the top of your head. But they had another running back they've let go. They brought in uh, Damian Harris out of, out of uh, New England. And then they have James Cook, who they took in the second round last year. Defensively. Big pieces are back. They have added some others. They took a third-round linebacker, Dorian Williams, who I liked out of Tulane. They had Leonard Floyd, a veteran contract. They had Puna Ford, veteran defensive tackle. Um, So those are kind of the big additions. They did lose uh, um, inside linebacker that they lost. I'm not I'm not doing so hot right now. Edmonds, Tremaine, <laughs> Tremaine Edmonds, Edmonds, right? Yeah, yeah. So they lost him in the middle. He goes to Chicago. They really didn't replace him with a very well-known name. Like I said, they drafted Dorian Williams, but they still have Matt Milano and they have Terrell Bernard. The secondary, they did not lose any of their veterans. Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer. It seems like DeMar Hamlin is set to come back this year as well on the mm-hmm. younger side of things. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Nothing crazy. Yep. They did lose a star in the middle. I think he's pretty good. I can't maybe he wasn't a star, but Jermaine Hamlin's yeah. very young, very good football player. So... That's the key offseason movement. I wouldn't say it anything crazy, but they have a good group already, and they added to it, right? So um, nothing to add there, I wouldn't imagine. But I would ask you, Andrew, I'm always going to come to you first on these. Who are the Bills? Like, who are they, right? Like, yeah. are they Josh Allen-driven? What, what do you think? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because, the, the, I mean, the, the Josh Allen piece of it really is the – sort of the one that jumps out, right, is is who he is as a talent, the offense around him, um, you know, the their ability to kind of put up just a ton of points because he he can really, when he goes full supernova, you know, he can really take over a game single-handedly. Um, you know, there was a doubt last year with Brian Dable moving on. Would it, would it be kind of seamless to Ken Dorsey? And I think it was for the most part. Um, what I think is interesting is, is you know, I think it feels like the offense is kind of what the offense is going to be unless, you know, something weird happens with Stefan Diggs. Right. But, um, but, but on the defensive side of the ball, you know, Leslie Frazier leaving and not really being replaced, Sean McDermott's going to get more involved with the defense. Um, I, I think that, you know, I think that kind of breaks two different ways, right? Like um, it's always so hard when these, when these coaches have a lot of success with a specific coordinator, you wonder how much of that is the coach, the head coach, and how much of that is the coordinator, especially if they're on the same side of the ball. And um, I think it's worth asking, you know, what what do we expect from from the Bills' defense? And you know, it's it's a defense that has a lot of talent, but has probably 
you know, I mean, two years ago they were, I think, I think by statistics, the you know the best defense in the league. But last year, injuries, you know, inconsistency, especially in the secondary, kind of made it, you know, so that they were a little bit disappointing at times. And and I think their depth was tested in a way they didn't expect. So I I think the you know when I would try and sum up the Bills, I would say the offense is steady. Can the defense get back to where it was in twenty one? I think the biggest thing for the Bills is like they're they're good enough can they just make plays like these big games the defense can't get off the field in the last 10 sec 13 seconds against kansas city that's right a few years ago yeah then last year you have you have cincinnati come into your stadium and really just physically dominate you and take take away all of your playmaking so i just i think they're good enough they're on the cusp but it's like do they have enough you know are they good enough at scheming? Can they get over the hump? I mean, I, I think their identity is like being on the cusp. They're de- definitely driven by Josh. He's their guy. I, but like the, it's an offense driven team. You, like you said, can the defense meet them in the middle? And can I, I my thing for them is they're going to be there again. Can they just, can they make enough plays? That's, that's it. They, they, yep. uh, they have to make more plays in those big moments that they have not made enough of, yeah. especially defensively but they have not been able to rise up to meet those tasks. So, And that's, um, you know, that's the NFL in a nutshell. When you get to, I mean, you know, from a Browns perspective, the, where the Bills are, you know, I think more than any other team. I mean, like, the, I think it's easy to admire what the Chiefs and envy what the Chiefs have with Patrick Mahomes, but I see the Chiefs' success is so predicated on Mahomes and Andy Reid. The Bills, to me, organizationally, have been really impressive, right? I mean, I yeah. know Josh Allen has emerged, but – Overall, where they have been, the way that they've built this, um, you know, the 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 depth that their roster has had. I know that last year was was a little bit of a step back in that way, but even with that sort of process and that sort of organization, to your point, Jake, it really does come down to those moments and whether or not you can get off the field when <laughs> you give uh, Patrick Mahomes thirteen. I mean, it's it sounds made up to say that, right? I, I still can't believe that that happened. Um, so. Yeah, it, it, it often the NFL, it's just like any other sport, you know, you get to a certain level, you get to the final four, and then it's just kind of, you know, uh, who completes the right pass at the right time and who can make a big play on defense. And the Bills have been on the wrong side of that a little bit to not even get to the Super Bowl with this kind of core, you know, and this is, you know, if you look at kind of where their roster is headed, this is probably the last year that a lot of these players, especially on the defensive side, are going to be here. So yeah, they're in a window for sure. Um, yeah, and and this this is the last year of that window. So so pressure for sure. And I, and again to go back to it, Leslie Frazier leaving, Sean McDermott getting more, you know, responsibility there. Uh, I think there's some pressure on him. Not you know hot seat pressure, but but legitimate like it's it's now or never pressure. I think last year what I noticed was that people were all in on the Bills. Like they sure. were. Oh, for sure. Bills were the favorite. Everyone loved them. And then, and then I wonder if this year that that flips a little bit. Where it ends up being that people don't talk enough about the Bills and they kind of Mm -hmm. fly under the radar a little bit. Something to pay attention to there. But I agree with you very much on this is the standard the Browns should be trying to get to, right? Like, I couldn't couldn't really agree with that more. This is the mold. Um, Mm -hmm. All right, so season-defining X factor for them. I, I think above all else, I have a pretty good feeling for the baseline of their defense, pretty good feeling for what they are offensively. You saw the other day what happened with Stephon Diggs. And, like, if you take Stephon Diggs off of this roster, mm. and, again, this is a lot of places, so I'm not trying to pin them out uniquely here. 
Yep. It 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 gets kind of bleak. Like you got you know D- Gabe Davis, Trent Sherfield's your slot. I mean yep. Khalil Shakir's a second round second year player. They drafted a fifth round guy Justin Shorter. Yep. It's tough. So you know when you have the scare that you had the other day with with him not being at minicamp or he was there and he's got, you know, Josh Allen's kind of like publicly apologizing for the relationship that I think it all sort of defining X factor for them is very narrow in that it's is you, are you getting another great version of Stefan Diggs? And if you're not, that's tough for them offensively. I just think that that's uh yep. That's a route to them being a very average offense. Yeah. And they don't have, you know, they don't have the, the change up, you know, that other, other great teams. Have. I mean, you know, the, the, the chiefs, you know, they moved away from Tyree kill and they, they changed it up. They started, you know, putting more tight ends on the field. They started running the ball pretty effectively, uh, you know, which gave Mahomes more space to kind of do his thing. The bills don't really have that, you know, they, their, their bread and butter is Stefan Diggs being a true number one. And then Josh Allen making plays with his legs yeah, you know, extending plays and 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 finding people, you know, from really weird angles, and so um, they, I don't think they have as the ability to win as many different ways on offense, and so they really need Diggs to continue to do what he has done for them. So I, I agree with you. I would just I would throw in just a just a small one for Tre'Davious White, just because he didn't, you know, he's coming back last year from from an injury, and so yeah. was not himself, and you know, uh, when you have you know, you, they have a defense. It's like, it's kind of like what we talked about earlier. When we were talking about, you know, players you would steal for the Browns from the other AFC North teams. They, they last year, you know, with Von Miller, not having the best year, they didn't really have the, like a playmaking star on their defense and they need, I mean, both those guys, Von Miller and Tredavious White to be those guys. For sure. Stepping it up to a different tier there. Uh, definitely. They need him back. They need yeah. him to be the guy he was. Uh, we'll see if that, comes to fruition for them this year. Kyrie Elam, who they took in the first round last year, had a yeah. relatively solid rookie year. And mm-hmm. like we said, their their secondary brings back their their two stalwarts of safety. So it's it's a good defense. But uh again, if the digs thing goes off the rails, which yeah. you, like I just yeah. like what does it look like for them? So mm-hmm. um all right. So better or worse this year than last year? Um you know, I don't know. I, I think that they're probably a little bit worse but that i mean like like minimally yeah minimally worse mm-hmm. um and still certainly good enough here to be in yeah, right the part of question five is tier two for i mean i think they're a tier one i, I mean i think not I they're agree. not super bowl favorites but they have no. super bowl expectations i agree and that puts them in tier one for me so and yeah. i and i would say that i just don't know that is there something you can point to that says this team is better than last year's team losing edmonds yeah um you know, you know, maybe you say Tredavious gets healthier. You get a better version of Vaughn Miller. Right. You got Leonard Floyd. You got Puna Ford. You're still right. better there. Right. Dalton Kincaid, they think he's going to be really good. You, you get a little more flexible with their 12 personnel stuff this year with him and Dawson Knox. So that's the route. But I think this might be one of the more serious, like they're probably almost exactly the same candidates as yeah. we could have, right? Yes. And I think, yeah, it's very, I mean, I really struggle to buy the, you know, rookie tight end coming in and transforming an offense like this. I, yeah. I just don't, I, you know, that doesn't happen that often in the NFL. I mean, you know, it has happened, but it doesn't happen that often. Um, so yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's, as you said, you said it well, uh, worse, but marginally. And so certainly upside is still winning the Super Bowl without a doubt. Um, 
But I, I, you know, I, as I said before, I think real questions about where the defense ends up this year. Um, and, and, uh, you know, the, the, as you said, the Stefan Diggs thing and just kind of what this, if the offense can continue to do what it has done, if, if Diggs isn't like, as you said, his best version. So I'm, I would say worse, but yeah, I don't, it's not like they're going to be bad or anything like that. They're still a very good team. And like you said, I, I, I kind of am also interested in what a different leader, different voice of that defense. Yeah. Having yeah, exactly. experiment lead it again looks mm-hmm. like. So, okay. That's the bills. We're going to talk now chiefs. Mm-hmm. So they I've went through some, some, some different, you know, they win the super bowl right on. Congrats. And yeah, it's great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, they end up letting go of Juju Smith Schuster. Mm-hmm. That is probably the only, okay. Actually I'm wrong. They, the Orlando Brown goes to the Bengals. They yeah, signed Donovan Smith one. and they signed Juwan Taylor. Both of those guys come over projected to start. They also lost. There's another sort of unsung hero tackle for them who I cannot think of that. that Andrew Wiley, Andrew Wiley. There mm-hmm. it is. See, that's why we do this together. <laughs> each other's mistakes. Yeah. So I, two new tackles. They're certainly going to be leaning on, New wide receiver. Skymore played some second round pick in 22, had more action later in the year. They drafted Rasheed Rice second round this year. They traded away a third round pick for former first rounder Kadarius Tony, New York. They bring back Marquez Valdez Scantling. That's really their core four. Obviously, Travis Kelsey is, for some unforeseen reason, still a superhuman out there. He doesn't make sense, but God, he's good. Um, Patrick Mahomes, Isaiah Pacheco comes back. They do bring back a nice little underrated signing for them, bringing back Jarek McKinnon as that receiving back for them. Defensively, still most of the guys. They did let go of Frank Clark, but they brought in Charles Omini, who I think is yep. really fun. Would have been mm-hmm. interested in him with the Browns, kind of in that same um, Okoronkwo category. Yep. They draft in the first round Felix Inadike Ozoma, who should be a nice player for them. Uh, still have Chris Jones, Derek Nandi. They they drafted George Karloftis from Purdue in the first round last year. He's still a part of things. Core group, Willie Gay and Nick Bolton, two nice linebackers for them. The secondary just continues to be like they lost Juan Thornhill, who comes here, but they like Brian Cook from Cincinnati, who they took in the second round yep. last year. Started to see time. Justin Reed, a nice player for them, came over from Houston. Trey McDuffie, a first-rounder in 22. Legereus Sneed, who they took in the fourth round in 2020 as their slot. You know, they they drafted this seventh rounder, Jalen Watson, who is a starting corner for them, who had yep. real moments last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, all right, key offseason movement. We've kind of covered it. It's probably yep. Charles O'Minahue and these two tackles, right? Yeah, the letting, tackle thing for sure. Yeah. Letting go of Juju, um, who ended up doing well for them, as any yeah. wide receiver should when they play with Patrick. Um, who are they? Well, they're Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And like they're stars, like their stars drive everything. Chris yep. Jones, and then the offense is Mahomes and what he creates. Mm-hmm. He is a superhuman. He is the mm-hmm. single best guy I've ever seen do it. And yeah. that's crazy to say when he's like 27, 28. Here's a question about that, Jake. Do you, I mean, I know like he's never going to be a bad quarterback, right? He's obviously going to be a superlative quarterback for as long as he wants to play the game. But do you think, if Andy Reid were to have retired after winning the Super Bowl, how much would that change who the Chiefs are in your estimation? I I think it would just be I, – I don't think you can ever say that we lost Andy Reid and we're going to be as good. Maybe right. Mahomes is 
as he approaches 30, he's figured out this, he's taken every piece of the elixir Andy Reed has, and he can always just kind of, you know, perpetuate it forward. Maybe that's the mm -hmm. case. I don't mm -hmm. know. Uh, I have a hard time thinking they, that they would be as good without Andy Reed. I'm fascinated to find out someday. And I think that is the one lingering question for Patrick Mahomes. Greatness. Of course. Of course. How good is he away? And it was the same thing yeah. with Tom. Right? Exactly. How good is he away from Bill? But Bill wasn't directly tied to the offense. It was always Bill right. letting somebody else do the offense. Yep. Andy and Patrick Mahomes are tied at the hip. So, yep. like, yeah, that's a great question. One I look forward to figuring out someday. I just, you know, I, it's hard. It's hard to sit here and be like, well, Andy Reid retired. Now Mahomes is not. She's not going to be that great anymore. Right. Can't really say that. It's kind no. of the same way with Bill and Tom. Like the Patriots are going to find a way and be okay, and then Tom's going to do his thing somewhere else. So I just think. Uh, I think it's just a, it's just a fascinating NFL question that will someday be answered. Andy Reid is an older guy now; he can't do yeah, this forever. So, right. and, um, and I, yeah, the the part of it that's interesting to me is just like, um, you know, we we talked last week about the AFC North coaches and how the Steelers have this incredible track record of you know three coaches in a what fifty years or whatever it is. It's some disgusting statistic, and you know the the, the Ravens, you know, they seem to hire a good coach every time. But if you look at like. <laughs> Chiefs coaches prior to Andy Reid, it is a it's a rough door. Yeah, it's a rough list, right? And so, um, you know that that often comes down to, as we know as Browns fans, that often comes down to the personality of the owner, right? Like it, you know, some of the some of the front office stuff can insulate that, but ultimately, you know, whether or not that owner is able to like delegate the hiring and is is really kind of a good judge of character and a person does matter in these head coach searches as crazy as that is. And I think that's why the Browns are, you know, have kind of been where they have been. Uh, so that's the only thing that I just wonder is, you know, if, if Reed were to retire, you know, and they, I mean, in, in the, just in a, in a fantasy world where they make a, a real weird decision and, and elevate Matt Nagy, right? Like that's what I was going to say, not to interrupt yeah. you, but yeah, go I ahead. kind of find it fascinating that they haven't figured out like a nice predecessor. I, mm, I think that like, yeah, I, maybe the enemy was that guy. I don't know. The enemy stuff has been so weird for so long. So to see him take a different coordinator role somewhere else, not a head coaching role. I, I, I don't know. It's all very strange. But yeah. there is no clear like, oh, this is the next guy. Now, maybe Spagnolo is kind of the same way when right. Sean Payton retired. It goes to Dennis Allen, right? Yeah. Like, I, th yeah. There's, there's that. Yeah. But right. I, I think that, yeah, I mean, like to be this far in and not have somebody that is, and maybe they do have someone waiting in the wings that we've never heard of. Who's just right. been like right. slowly Andy Reid's putting his arm around him and he's building this trust with Mahomes and he's going to take over as the OC when somewhere I don't know I don't mm -hmm. I don't know but yeah. there is no clear plan like yeah Matt Nagy would be Ugh, okay I guess right right but I yeah. but I still think that Matt Nagy I mean this is, so in the in the theoretical where it's Matt Nagy is the head coach and play caller yeah that's a ten win team at least right. <laughs> It still is, right? Yeah, yeah it yeah. still it still is. It, but I mean, but it would it would be like when you get to the the playoffs and you get into the later rounds of the playoffs, a good defensive coordinator could probably pick him apart in a way that it's very hard to pick apart Andy Reid because he's usually picking you apart. Yeah, if you if you go back and watch what the Chiefs do in these games, it's like it's just Andy Reid doing these. It's it's always the Chiefs to have these wrinkles that get mm -hmm. guys wide open. Mm -hmm. It's it's mm -hmm. so rarely the other way around. So exactly. Yep. You're right. When everything yep. starts to get magnetized and every little part of everything matters, you lose Andy Reid. You lose yeah. a huge part of the chessboard. So and it's it's tough to say. I'm actually being pretty dismissive when I say it's just Mahomes and the, it's Andy Reid too. Like he's a yeah, part of the, the 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 dynamic. I think about it just because 
as you said before, Patrick Mahomes, 27 years old, can probably do this for another 15 years. Like, <laughs> I'm 40. So, <laughs> like, think about it, it, isn't it? It, well, I mean, I, I'm just, all I'm trying to say is, like, what is the path for the, for the Chiefs not being an absolute juggernaut? And I think that's the clearest line to that being the case, right, is that Andy Reid uh, retires at some point because, as you see, yeah, he's been doing this a long time. Uh, he retires, and um, you know the 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 purse, the play, the coach that comes in is kind of just a guy, but he can't get fired because Mahomes is Mahomes, right? So that's you know it's it becomes a uh, you know Marvin Lewis and Cincinnati situation where they're you know in the in the mix, but not the dominant team that they are now. And I again, I don't think that's particularly likely because I do think Mahomes is good enough that yeah. you know they, they're they're going to attract probably the best head coaching candidate in the league. Right. Um, but it's just, that's the only way I can get my brain around the chiefs, not being the super bowl favorites in the AFC for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Th- to me, when I've thought about this, cause I actually have answered this on another pod is, is it's Mahomes or sorry, it's, it's Andy Reed and Travis Kelsey when they're both right. Gone. Yeah. Good point. Um, cause Kelsey, Kelsey is Kelsey for sure. Yeah. 32, 33. Yep. He's, yep. he's older. So yep. when those two are gone and Patrick has to kind of figure out the offense, he could, could all work out. Yep. But when those two are gone, that's when I'm yeah, like, you, and okay, you kind of look like you flash to those games like, you know, the, the Bengals game where they they beat them and went to the Super Bowl where it's you know, it's not forever that Mahomes is confused, but he's you know, he's human. Right. And you yeah. can confuse him. And if you don't have a sort of offensive mastermind handing you the answers a lot of the time, it does get a little bit harder. It's still an NFL field like guys are still coming at you quite quick. And so I think it's possible to to at least for a while you know uh come up with a scheme that can thwart some of what Mahomes likes to do but, yeah there's going to be some humbling that happens there's no doubt yeah, whether he right. gets past that that's again that's what defines exactly. the greatness exactly. of that guy there you go uh, we think he's great I think he's one of the greatest oh absolutely but like then there's levels to this he's he's chasing Tom Brady that that's mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. so it's a different battle um Season deciding X factor for the Chiefs, probably the tackles. If the tackles are awful, we saw that that's something that will stop them from winning big games. Um, not that those two are, are that bad. I mean, I think Donovan Smith is a wild card, but yeah, that's Juwan Taylor's mark. been fine. Yeah. He's been an injury issue guy, yeah. but right. like the tackles, I think you could also kind of point to the wide receivers a little bit too. Like is Kadarius Tony ready? Sky Moore, are those guys ready? Yeah, to do it. Um, but I yeah. think the tackles more than anything else, in my opinion. Agreed. Are, Agreed. Are... Yeah. I mean, Taylor's good, but he's not oh, even really a pro bowler, you know, at right tackle and that left tackle. Donovan Smith had a bad year last year. So um, if that if he doesn't rebound, I would expect that he will. Right. Because he's, he knows that he's got a chance to win a ring, you know, in Kansas City. But um, if he doesn't, then now you've got a blindside issue uh, and, I, and then they don't really have an answer. I mean, Looking at the roster, they drafted a guy in the third round. Uh, you know, do you put a third round tackle, a left tackle in protecting Patrick Mahomes? I'd be hesitant. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's a I good agree development with you. pick. I like Wanya Morris, but yeah, the, the, but like between right. the like inconsistencies, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, you know, the James Hudson and situation exactly. and right. what the right. Browns are doing with, yeah. uh, with everything, Dewan, too. So, um, you know, Donovan's been inconsistent. Being nice yeah. and and Juwan's talented, but he's 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 a guy that doesn't stay healthy enough. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, we'll see. That's the that's the X factor for their season. I think that's pretty fair to say. Agreed. Better or worse? Um, I mean, I have to say, I have to say they're a little. 
Ooh, that's tough. They they bring back so many key things. I think both of these teams are probably walking the line of like being the yeah. same team as the year before. I think losing tackle, proven tackle, a little more proven tackle play maybe makes them like just a little worse, a little bit because of the, the, the wide receiver questions going into this year, but not enough again to sway any of your feelings about them in, in, in general, right? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Uh on the offensive side, probably a little bit worse on the offense. I, I think your point about the wide receiver is, is good too. Like Tony is a special athlete, but is he ready to be a high volume wide receiver in the league? Yeah. I think it's a different question. The The part where I'd say they have the chance to be like significantly better is on the defense. Um, yeah. yeah. Like they have so much youth there that I really, I really feel like you could see, a, you know, a few of those guys, you mentioned Jalen Watson earlier, you know, uh, Brian cook is going to be starting. Trent McDuffie, you know, first rounder last year. I mean, there's just, there's a lot of names. It's like a, it's a team that you can just kind of go down the list. And so, so much youth on that defense, you expect those guys to take a step forward. Right. And so that's yeah. where, you know, if they, I mean, if their defense plays at like a league average or maybe even a little bit above level with the offense they have, I mean, they could, they could win 14, 15 games. You want to talk about how you survive on quarterback contracts, right? These big contracts. Look at, look at these guys. I mean, they're turning late round picks into players that matter. Isaiah Pacheco is a seventh round pick. Trey Smith, very good guard. Now he had injury issue concerns, and they took a swing on him in the sixth round. Talk about Jalen Watson, seventh round. Uh, Legarius Sneed, a fourth rounder. So, you know, you pair that with some smart trades to open up some more first round picks. You get Karloftis. What they're doing, though, Willie Gay in the second round, the next year, another second round linebacker, Nick Bolton. This is the evidence. Second round pick, Sky Moore of how you keep these things alive, right? You even take on the Clyde Edwards-Alaire selection in the first round, you're surviving. But this is just an example of how you have to draft, right? How you have to draft to keep it moving, to keep the rookie contracts rolling, to keep this thing afloat. Yeah. And, they've, and done, they've done a great job of it. It's not. It's almost not even fair to try and judge, you know, Andrew Barry, for example, by that. Because who expects a seventh round cornerback to be a, a starter in the league and a, and a, a, a you know, good above average. I mean, that's just, that's, you it's know, nuts. it's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah, exactly. And and like you said, I mean, running back makes a little bit more sense, right? Cause we know those guys can kind of come from anywhere. The Trey Smith pick, I mean, all the guys you mentioned, it's that, that's a really hot streak. I mean, that's what that is, right? It's not, it's not that the chiefs have discovered some cheat code here. This is just a hot streak. It's a hot hand. And they're and they've played it really well into a bunch of players that are saving, as you said, you know, saving them a bunch of money against the cap, which allows them to do the stuff that they did, like the Jawan Taylor contract. No one thought they were going to be in the in the market for a tackle of that magnitude, but they went mm -hmm. out and did it. Yeah, and that's uh, again, like there's some environment things there too that are that are very real, where you say. You know, guys get excited about it, right? You're going to Kansas City and it brings out the best in you because you're excited to go to places that, that have a history of winning. I really do think that's an underrated part of things. Absolutely. Culture Absolutely. can, when you get it to that point, right? Yeah. They've not always been this way in Kansas City, but no, you're right. when you can get it to that point, that's where some mm -hmm. of these guys start hitting. So Yeah, and like the Tony thing, right? You can you can yeah. trade for that guy knowing that he, you know, he wouldn't even show up to practice in New York because the Giants were bad. And then all of a sudden he shows, you know, in Kansas City now he's the, you know, the best version of himself. So, yeah, that's the that's the Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid effect right there. All right. They're obviously tier one. They're the yeah. Super Bowl favorite. Yeah. So tier, tier zero. I tier mean, zero. if I was picking a Super Bowl, yeah, 
my of of any team in the league that I think would win the Super Bowl, it's the Chiefs again. Which you know, to our previous conversation, what a bummer. But how do you pick against them? It's in perpetuity until at least two of those, the three big ones are gone. Yeah, right? two of the Infinity Stones or whatever. Yeah, they, I yeah. think they probably have four Infinity Stones, and then the fourth one being Chris Jones, just because he's been yeah. so no, I agree. flexible I agree. and yeah, and totally. dangerous. Yeah. So when two of those four are gone. Yeah. And we'll start considering them fallible. Um, all right. Well, that's the Bills and Chiefs. Some of these will be a little more off the beaten path. We'll have some other ones that are uh, some teams you probably haven't thought much about or haven't been in the mainstream. So hopefully you enjoyed it. If you skip past it, listen, we, we're open to feedback. If you think this is an utter waste of time, I do not want to hear about other teams. Only want to hear about the Browns. We're not doing single shows on these. We're certainly going to open up other topics, Browns topics ahead of these after we start the pod and then kind of go to them later. But Hopefully these are interesting to you. We're open to feedback, like I said. So hit us up on Twitter or let me know um, via direct message there at the OBR. But um, it's going to be a series for us. I think it can be fun to look at other teams and kind of go through where these teams rank across the AFC. And, you know, as, as competition for the Browns, the Browns lost to the Bills just last year. Right. And then mm-hmm. I think they beat them back in 2018 or 19. I think it may have been 19. I think it was 2019. They beat them at home. And then the Chiefs, they obviously lost the playoff game in 20 and then lost, turned around and lost a game they should have won mm-hmm. in Kansas City to open the 21 season, but haven't seen them since. I think, do they get the Chiefs in the preseason this year? They do. They They're do. going to Kansas City. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's it. We don't play either of these teams. So in the regular Until the season, AFC Championship game. Until the AFC Championship game. You heard it here first. Andrew, thanks for being here, buddy. This is fun. Good start <laughs> to this. Always a pleasure, Jake. Yeah. Yeah. I hope everybody yeah. enjoys it. I really do. Me too. I, these are fun, it's fun to, to do. Through. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a wrap, guys. Appreciate you being here. Thanks to Andrew for stopping by. And uh, listen, hopefully everybody had a good Father's Day. And uh, have a great kickoff to your week on Monday. Like I said, thanks for stopping by, being here. Check out the OBR. Tons of fun content going up every day. And a simple reminder to rate and review podcast if you can. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Thanks for stopping by. Go Browns. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.